fucking Bobby. Bobby strikes again. Welcome to Indecorous Podcast. Indecorous means not in good taste. 9-11 was a gender reveal. <laughs> Indecent. Bunch of lunatics with morbid senses of humor. Immoral. You don't have the money to bulldoze this building? Just draw Muhammad all over the place. <laughs> Somebody will blow that shit up. Shameless. I let my bush grow because it's kind of one of those locks for love type of situations. Impolite. People always shit fingering, but I'm like, you know what? My finger is always hard. I don't get whiskey fingers. And beyond the pale. What you wearing down on your toes? Welcome to episode 93 of Indecorous Comedy. This is episode 43 of season 2. Indecorous Comedy is a reprehensively distinguished educational comedy show. You're the smartest lowbrow or dirtiest highbrow podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Carlos Valencia. East of me is Bobby D. Yo. And west of me is our guest host, John Dunn. Hey. Yeah, John is doing us a favor here, covering for Ian. He's going to be our guest host while Ian is away. Those are some small shoes to fill. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, basically that's what we're doing until Ian is ready to come back. We... um, it's a lot like like what they're doing on Jeopardy, huh? We gave Ian cancer, and now John gets to <laughs> guest host. So it's all it's all good. That would have been cold if they started doing it before Alex even died. <laughs> yes, right. Just like you're on the way out, old man. Yeah. As soon as they got the diagnosis, even before he got the results, they go to the production company first. It's like we got some bad news and some worse news. Well, in a few minutes, our guest Tim Northern is going to be joining us and we'll be answering listener questions, talking about Indecorous news. We'll be diving deep into the Indecorous history of asshole celebrities. That's what I called it, Bobby, asshole celebrities. And we will close it all out with Indecorous Virginia state laws. Now, before we do anything, I like to start the show when we have to with corrections, clarifications, and apologies. I know this is going to be hard to believe, John, but sometimes we don't get everything right. And sometimes it is right, but it's just that I'm a stickler for accuracy. So one thing that I wanted to say is on episode 92, which was just uh, the one right before this one, we did a story about a computer game retailer that revealed that it had le- that it legally owned the souls of thousands of online shoppers. Remember that, Bobby? Yeah. For John, you weren't here for that, but for our uh, listeners that didn't listen, and for John, basically it was nobody reads the terms and conditions, and these people put it in there that if you bought a thing, you sold your soul to them. So that's all true it's all true except the only thing is ian submitted this story and it's always a two-step process when ian submits a story first i gotta check that it's true that's the first step uh, (laughs) it often isn't it often isn't (laughs) i did check that it was true and it was true the part that i forgot to check is that whether it was news in the sense that it was new Turns out this happened in 2010, so it wasn't really new news. Uh, It was from over a decade ago, but that's partly on me. I should know better than to trust Ian. That was back during the recession, man. Souls were so cheap back then. I mean, I was was like 10 years old in 2010. It was a really good time to flip them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That secondary soul market. Yeah. We're going to have to tear this soul down to the studs. So that, it was a true story. It all was a true story, but yeah, it was from over a decade ago because Ian is not much of a stickler for checking. 
He's just like grabbing out of a stack of old newspapers. Basically, basically, I mean, you know, I don't know why he can't be more like Bobby and just never submit a story ever and just leave it up to me to find all the stories. <laughs> Listen, I at least don't pretend to be helpful. (laughs) Very well, very well. And now this one isn't really a correction either, but I took it upon myself to confirm it because nobody knew what I was talking about when I brought it up. This was in episode 90 with Larry Fulford. I brought up that as a child, I would watch Pee-wee's Playhouse. You know, you're familiar with Pee-wee's Playhouse, John? Oh, yeah. I used to watch it when I was a child, and they had a segment called El Hombre. Do you ever watch El Hombre, oh, yeah. John? I don't remember El Hombre. Of course you don't, because you're white. <laughs> and everybody that we had on the podcast was like, what are you talking about, El Hombre? So just to prove to you guys that it does exist, I am going to show you a full episode of El Hombre. Now, for the listeners at home, you're not going to be able to see El Hombre, but at least you'll be able to hear him. And then I will probably put it up on our Patreon page for everybody to watch because it's uh, it's fascinating stuff. Okay, so this is El Hombre from Pee Wee Herman. And do you recognize who you're seeing on the screen, guys? Isn't that guy from like Law and Order or one of those kind of shows? Jimmy Smits. That's Jimmy Smits next to Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman. So here we go, guys. I'm going to play you the infamous El Hombre. Yeah, you know what you can get me, Pee-wee? What? El Hombre. El Hombre. Donde hay mal, donde hay malicio, donde hay peligro, busquen, pregunten, llamen por El Hombre. Héroe de la juventud. El Hombre. Amigo de todos. El Hombre Superhéroe. No sé, amigo. Este hielo no me parece bien para patinar. Oye, chico, ¿qué haces? ¿Patinar o vas a hablar? Sí, ¿qué es lo que eres? ¿Gallina? ¡Mira, mira, el hombre! Patinando en una área restricta cuando dicen no entrar, hielo peligroso no es bueno. (risa) ¡El hombre! Huh? What, what, what do you guys think? Huh? Well, I'm not sure how to feel about it. So, first of all, El Hombre, he looks like I couldn't decide whether I should be offended by his appearance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you just saw the drawing, you'd be like, ah, oh, somebody made a racist caricature. <laughs> so, I, I wasn't sure. And then I don't uh, speak Spanish, so I was having trouble following. That's going to be my next question. Is I know neither one of you speak Spanish. You're not as cultured as I am. <laughs> but how, what did you guys think was the story just from looking at the drawings? He was some sort of superhero, right? I mean, I don't. I think he was just some dude, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, Bobby. It <laughs> was the impression that I got. Like, so at the beginning, there's like kids ice skating. Yes. On a pond. And then one of them falls through the pond and then the rest of the kids call for El Hombre. And then he comes over and instead of rescuing the kid, he like talks for a while (laughs) while the the kid is drowning. And then he pulls the kid out. (laughs) Well, he's got to give the moral of the story, man. They got to learn their lesson. (laughs) Right. He's like, 
I guess the lesson is I might let your friend die just to prove to you that you shouldn't be skating on the thin ice. Exactly. Well, at least you got to put the fear in them. You yeah, know, I'm, like uh-huh. a near miss wouldn't be enough. I, El Hombre, have decided that you would remember this better if we let it become a tragedy. Right. <laughs> See? So he's thinking. You get all the levels that El Hombre is working on, John. <laughs> okay, so then he pulls the kid out of the ice, but then... It sort of takes a left turn, and the kids turn into giant bugs, and then he starts attacking the kids. Well, see, the kids that turn into giant bugs, they were the ones that were taunting the little kids into skating in the thin ice. Ah. Yeah, so they were the bad influences on the little kids. And they were actually bugs in a skin suit. Apparently, yeah, that's that part I'm not completely sure. But yeah, it seems like they were some kind of shape-shifting kids yeah. that were trying to eradicate these little kids and make them drown in ice. Regardless, I don't like the whole minority insect association there. That was problematic for me. Yeah, they shouldn't have played La Cucaracha when they turned into <laughs> That was a bit much. I think one other possible interpretation is that El Hombre was on a massive dose of hallucinogens, and that's when they... So he comes in and he saves the day, and then the mescaline kicks in, and he thinks everyone is a giant insect. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, so maybe he does have superpowers, Bobby. Once he hits that mescaline, that's when it really gets fucking on overdrive. It's like Popeye with spinach. Exactly. It's except it's just mescaline. It's mescaline and ayahuasca. <laughs> but that's. I mean. Yeah, I mean, if it was like PCP or something, I mean, that strength is going to kick in. That was. Spinach was Popeye's PCP. <laughs> there you go. So for the Patreon supporters, we'll put it up on our Patreon page so you too can enjoy the beauty that was El Hombre. And I will say, yes, John, he might look a little stereotypical, but that's all we had. <laughs> Compared to Speedy Gonzalez, it was a step up. <laughs> yeah, he was your Black Panther. Yeah, at least we weren't rodents anymore. <laughs> I think... Now, um, I think El Hombre needs a Marvel reboot. Dude, I am so for it. Like, when I, when I brought it up, Larry Fulford, our guest, was like, dude, you should make a shirt. And I'm like, I fucking will. I'll try to fucking find someplace where I can make an El Hombre shirt. Did you say that they, they only made two episodes? No, they, it was, I don't know if it was weekly, but it was more often than, than just two episodes. But the thing what surprised me is that I could only find two episodes. When I looked it up on YouTube... There was that one that I just showed you guys, and then there's one that it's just like somebody pointing their camera at a screen, which is very low quality, and that's it. That's all I could find on YouTube. There might be other shit around that I haven't found, but I would have expected more on YouTube. Yeah, because maybe it got canceled. That's all that remained after everything else was scrubbed from the internet. Yeah, yeah, that might be it. Yeah, everybody complained about El Hombre, and so it got scrubbed uh, out of history. (laughs) I mean, I wrote a letter or two. Yeah. But from the other direction. (laughs) I want El Hombre to attack more children. (laughs) (laughs) And don't try to soften them up by uh, making them insects. No, just keep them as children. Yeah. Let let him beat up some children. Kids are doing mischief. He shows up and just beats the shit out of them with an infantry. Trash can. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, fucking Trump is using him in his campaign advertisement. And stuff. Like, how do you think we got all these kids in cages? El Hombre. <laughs> so that is El Hombre. The other thing I wanted to clarify is that we also talked about the Dover Demon. Do you know the Dover Demon, John? Is it one of those like cryptozoology, like 
Yes. Loch Ness Monster type thing? Exactly. We didn't know much about it. We were doing 4chan questions, and one of them was like, isn't it time we fucked the Dover Demon? Some shit like that. And we didn't know what the Dover Demon was, but I figured it was something like the Jersey Devil or the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot. I thought it was Dover, Delaware, but apparently it's Dover, Massachusetts. Hmm. I didn't even know there was a Dover, Massachusetts, but for anybody in Dover, Massachusetts that might have been offended that I associated your demon with Delaware, I apologize. I also didn't know there was a Dover, Delaware. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people don't. Delaware is the most, I've said this before, I think it's the most boring state in the the country. It's certainly the most forgettable one. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't think of like any fact about Delaware. Right. The only one I know is that like every huge company incorporates there. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the, yeah, exactly. They're all in Wilmington, Delaware, but that's a, but the fact that it's so corporate, it almost even makes it more boring. The fact that yeah. that's where all the boring corporations go. Because even Alabama, Mississippi, at least they have racism. So that's a little exciting. Yeah, they have like a thing, at least. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Wyoming and Montana, apparently they have beautiful landscapes and shit like that. Plus racism. <laughs> and racism, I was going to say. And racism, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time to welcome our guest, Mr. Tim Northern. Tim, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank, thanks for asking. Absolutely, man. Carlos, real quick, you said you're going to get it started, but I don't hear any CNC music factory. Oh, yeah. Bobby's a, <laughs> Bobby's a stickler for the CNC music factory. Well, I'll put I'll put it in in post. Yeah. Okay. Yeah I, I, yeah, I also forgot to ask if everybody was ready for the funniest night of their lives, so I'll put oh. that in post, too. <laughs> yeah, something about, something about comedy trains. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And something about I can't hear you. And yeah, you can do better than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tim actually had a great joke. It was just a similar to a joke that I wrote a while ago. Tim, by the way, if you haven't, anybody that hasn't seen Tim, it's fucking, you got to check Tim out. He's got amazing one liner jokes. But then you have one about, like, by round of applause, something, Tim? By a round of applause, who has two hands? That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Love that shit, man. And I, mine was by round of applause, who's had their arms amputated? <laughs> great minds great minds yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. all right well we like to open the show with questions sent from our listeners around the world we accept all questions but we rarely have an answer for any of them question number one is where do i send questions and that is to indecorouscomedy at gmail.com or through social media Facebook, Instagram at Indecorous Comedy, Twitter at Indecorous Pod, Patreon at themshits.com or patreon.com slash Indecorous Comedy. And how do you spell Indecorous, Bobby? That's I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. That's right. And what's the definition? Oh, dude, we had to we had to fucking do our whole intro is we defining <laughs> this thing because nobody knows this word. And I thought it was more popular than it was, but it's basically what is it, uh, Bobby? You got to help me here. It's like... Uh, uh, in, impolite. Uh, impolite, indecent. Uh, <laughs> basically, every word that is detrimental is what basically falls under indecorous. Every, every word that has been, been used to describe you, Carlos, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> every word I hear when I go see my parents. <laughs> 
this first question, and you guys are going to have to help me out. You guys are going to have to do the heavy lifting because I'm not very schooled on this. But Allison asks, what famous children's book do you think is overrated and why? And now mm. I, I'm going to let it up to you guys because I don't really know very many children's books. I never, I guess I just never read very many of them. The ones that I am sort of familiar with later on in life, they all seem like super fucking creepy. They are. Yeah. Are they? So it's not just me, Tim. They're all, they all are. There's a story that belies the story that's being told in a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the sense I've got. And I think we might have touched on this on the podcast a long time ago. I don't know if we actually ever made it to the final episode, but the story of the ugly duckling is way darker than the version that most kids hear. Yeah, it is. Do you know this story, Tim? Well, I think it's dark because how does a swan end up, this mother swan abandoned her egg like a cuckoo bird for a goose to raise? Where's the swan's mother? Yeah. Somebody's got that joke about the ugly duckling or whatever. It's like, yeah, and also you're a different species. Yeah, yeah, totally different. Yeah, totally different species. Yeah. I never, never even thought about it that way. How about you, John? Do you know any? I, I barely remember any, but what I do remember is that they're full of tragic shit. Like Tim was just saying about <laughs> this sort of implied thing is that the ugly duckling's mom was... Like the duckling was taken away by the state of Texas and given to another family. Uh, you know, there's, so there's always there's always some like unspeakable tragedy that's going on. It's like way too heavy for kids to be hearing about. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I almost did an album of fairy tales revised or the real meaning. If you really look at the like with Hansel and Gretel, uh-huh. uh, the moral of the story is don't eat people's houses, man. Yeah. <laughs> don't it's like yeah it's it's impolite at best yeah. yeah it's weird to think that there was a time where that was a thing that kids needed to be told <laughs> yeah 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 and uh the lullaby uh, rocking my baby is a thinly veiled threat to a baby hey like stop crying baby or i'm gonna put you in a tree and you know what happens when the, when you're in a tree and the wind blows <laughs> might want to stop crying right now i i used to have a, a joke about that back in the day about like how one of the things you give the kid is a diamond ring yeah you know because that's what your infant need is a choking hazard yeah yeah that's <laughs> yeah. baby don't say a word yeah it's yeah it's, it's so many of those man the three pigs man the three pigs is ridiculous uh in and of itself i mean at first when I first read it, you know, it's plausible. You know, the title is plausible. You know, Three Little Pigs. Because pigs are known to congregate in odd numbers. You know. <laughs> sure. You know, five. You know, 27. But, uh, <laughs> but like, the first pig made it, made his house out of straw. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a stretch. You know, there is anecdotal evidence of pigs building rudimentary structures, you know, lean to <laughs> dugouts, you know. Yeah, sure, yeah. But what gets me, this is, this is what gets me, man. When the wolf bangs on the door, the pig says, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. Think about that, man. <laughs> Pigs don't have tents, man. <laughs> Damn. They don't have tents. That's I'll true, tell you, man. They, had, they had some really lax building standards back then, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ridiculous, man. <laughs> it did teach me, though, not to make my house out of dandelion. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. that yeah, that, that was probably uh, the editors probably cut that part out. I'm sure they probably did yeah. that. 
the only children's book or story, whatever book that I, I like and I remember is uh, Ferdinand. That's my favorite, Ferdinand the Bull, man. What's that one, Tim? <sighs> I don't know that one. Okay, he was a big bull, and these guys came around looking for bulls for the bullfights. And, and the yeah. other bulls, they wanted to show off. They wanted to be in the bullfight. You know, they wanted to be in there. And they, they were showing off. And Ferdinand was just this big bull. All he did was, was just smell flowers, man. And uh, that's all he wanted to do. So he grabbed a flower and he sat on the tree and a bee stung him in the butt. So he just started bucking and going crazy. And so they picked him. Uh, we want you. And so when he got in, in the ring to fight, he wouldn't fight. And, uh, mm. and and people just started throwing flowers at him. And that's all he wanted anyway. Oh. Smell flowers, man. That's all he wanted to do was smell flowers. Besides, man, besides, don't they kill the bull? Yeah, that's what yeah. I was about to say. Like, the smarter bull would be the one that doesn't want to be in the bullfight because exactly. they end up killing the bull at the end. Yeah. They just want to smell flowers, man. And that's all he wanted to do. I love it. Flowers, man. So I like Ferdinand. I like that. I'm glad you told me that story because I had no idea about that. And I love the image of a bull, this giant beast that just, you know what? I just want to smell flowers, bro. That's all I want to do, man. I'm just, I'm just a peaceful bull, man. Love it. Don't smell flowers and smoke my weed. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He loves that bud. Yeah. The weed part was implied. Uh, uh, even, even as a kid, I was like, man, this bull is smoking weed. I mean, how, how, yeah. I mean, how often do you meet a bull that loves smelling flowers but hates weed? Come on, that's yeah, just not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that goes hand in hand, man. Exactly. You know, one book I remember reading as a kid that still kind of bugs me is James and the Giant Peach. Because yeah. didn't they eat? Didn't they eat on that peach for like way too long? As though oxidation doesn't exist in that universe. <laughs> and, and eventually, the peach is rotten. Yeah, rancid. Yeah, they're just going to have a day three tops, rotten peach. And I think they ate on it for a long time. But doesn't this, I don't know if this is with all fruits, but eventually don't they like turn into alcohol and shit? Weren't they getting drunk off of it eventually? Doesn't it ferment? Well, it has to have yeast. You got to put it. Oh, okay. Mold food, man. And it can happen. It can happen. Okay. Very Come well. on, Carlos. Don't you know how to make Pruno? <laughs> make that prison Pruno? Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. We're going to move on to the second question. Second question is from Tristan. Tristan asks, what would you say is the most annoying food allergy someone can have? I don't know, man. Uh, I know it's real, but nut allergies, they, they kind of uh, perplex me. Yes. Same here. It definitely sounds like food manufacturers really kind of talk down to people with nut allergies. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? Well, like on the label, it'll be like, this was made on machinery that also processes tree nuts. <laughs> you know, like, like they're just tired of your shit. May have processed tree nuts. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it has or not, but we got to tell you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's almost like they put that on there, even if there's no chance. It's just ah, fuck it. We'll cover our bases. Just put it on everything. Yeah. All right. You're too weak for nuts. Fuck you. Yeah. I mean, is it deadly? I don't know. I think it can be. Yeah, I think it can kill people. That's why, like, they stop having them on planes because if you know, it's it's so powerful for some people that if there's just a granule of peanut dust wafting around on the airplane, it could kill a baby or something. Yeah. But let me also ask you this, man. I mean, not to sound callous, but isn't that part of natural selection? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because that, that's originally when I read the question, I was like, all right, this seems kind of callous to be like, oh, isn't it annoying that people are dying? <laughs> yeah, no, you know I know. what I mean? 
But that guy gets it. Tristan gets it, man. <laughs> yes. well, Louis, I, Louis had that great bit about it, that whole, uh, of course, of course, but maybe? Well, the way I see it, man, is there are too many people on the earth anyway. We just keep <laughs> everybody. I'm with Thanos, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with Thanos the whole way, man. He's my superhero. He, he didn't even need the Infinity Gauntlet. He just needed to have some peanuts on an airplane. Yeah. 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 Or some, some shellfish or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Let's spread that through half the universe. Man. When I saw that, I was like, man, that's my guy. That's your dude. And I'm not even you know, a comic book, super DC, Marvel. I don't give a shit about it. Because when people said, uh, who went in a fight, Superman or Batman? I'm like, they're fictional characters. That's like saying who went in to fight, Jesus or Muhammad. <laughs> They're fictional characters. <laughs> I will say, though, that I would buy that video game. If they had the uh, Jesus versus Muhammad <laughs> video game at Street Fighter, I would get that downloadable content if they, you could download those characters. <laughs> Jesus versus Muhammad. Oh, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Get everybody. Get Vishnu in there. Get fucking Buddha. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah, dude. The fucking Holy Wars. You can go to Holy Wars. Yeah, the real Holy Wars. I do think that Jesus would have the best fatalities on Holy War. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Do you have to kill Jesus three times or whatever? Like, or, or kill him and then again in three days is what I mean. No, he'd have the most kills. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yep. I think he's easily the most overpowered character. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just oh the God, heat vision yeah. alone is like unstoppable. <laughs> he just shoots nails out of his hands. <laughs> <laughs> that would be another great question. Which religious deity would be the most overpowered if there was a multiplayer battle royale? If you pick Jesus, it's almost like you get to play with three fighters at once. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Great point, John. Great point. You do, you do man. I mean, he's got his. He's got God, right? Yep. He's got the uh, invisible guy. The, 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 yeah. the invisible guy. The Holy Trinity. You know, I can see God and Jesus. <laughs> But this invisible guy, what is that? Yeah. In the Trinity. I, just totally made up, man. The Holy Spirit. Yeah, you're right. That kind of seems like the third wheel there. Yeah, it's like, we don't even need you, guy. We got everything covered. We got all the bases covered. Why are you here? That's a great point, Tim. You know what it is? It's probably the Holy Spirit has got some pictures on God and Jesus. And he's like, you motherfuckers better let me in on this shit. Or I'm going <laughs> yeah. to release these pictures. Shit is going on Facebook. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Here's our last question. Rob asks, if you had a podcast, what would you talk about? Now, obviously, me and Bobby are doing this shit. Tim, have you ever done a podcast? Uh, no, I thought about it, but then I went about my day. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what I did for about 13 years, too. If you did do it, though, man, what do you think? I, I would listen to your fucking man, podcast. I would talk about everything. I would love to hear you talk about well, it. Well, the, the, the main thing that I would talk about is the belief versus knowledge. Because a lot of people believe stuff. Yes. And you shouldn't believe shit. You should know shit. I like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, faith is bullshit. Right. Reality is the real shit. But then, I mean, obviously this would be the crux of the whole podcast is how do you know when you actually know, man? You know when you know. I mean, you know, but how do you know that's the truth, though? Or is that another question? What well, the if truth you're still is? questioning, you don't know. Yeah, man, but you know there's a lot of dummies out there that think they know, and they don't know. They don't know. <laughs> they don't know. They're just confident. And, and I, I'm going to say, like, a lot of times we move through the world in belief instead of knowledge. The main thing that we believe in is money. 
Oh yeah. oh yeah, money's not even real, man. But we believe it's real. That is one of the things that a lot of people have been talking about, especially when the last few months because of all the cryptocurrencies and shit. And I remember when Elon Musk was on SNL and they made a big deal about, oh, so what is, uh, what is it? I call it Doggy Coin, but what is the actual name of the thing? Doge, Doge. Yeah, and then they're like, well, you know, so, so people are like, it's a, it's like fake, right? But then I was like, yeah, but so is regular money. So it's like, is, is it that much different? It's all a belief. Okay, I'll put it this, this way. A $100 bill, I'll say a $1,000, well, they have a $10,000 bill. A $1 bill and a $10,000 bill are the exact same size. Yeah. So why is one more, and they're made out of the exact same material? Because size doesn't matter, Tim. Yeah, but what I'm saying is why is one more valuable than the other one? Well, it, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's because people are willing to believe that the one is, is worth more than the other one, right? Yeah, exactly. And the reason that we believe those things is out of fear. Greed is rooted in fear. Every ill on earth is rooted in fear. I'm with you. That's why I think it would make for such a fascinating podcast is because that is what drives a lot of things. I, I said this before about the constitution well people are like ah trump he's trampling on the constitution and i'm like well then you better do something about it because the only reason the constitution has any power is if anybody does something about it it's not like the constitution is going to break out of its case and get a machine gun and shoot trump that's a good concept for a movie though well, we can put the, you know what, we'll throw the Constitution in into that Jesus Muhammad uh, video game that we're fucking yeah, working yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I think you could get Nicolas Cage on that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure we can. He's a, he seems to be up for anything. <laughs> How about you, John? If you had a podcast, what would you do, bro? I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know if this would actually work, but I think it could be interesting if you had a podcast where you do in-depth interviews with just random people that you meet on the street or in a coffee shop or something like that. And like, see if you can get to some really interesting facet of their life or like some kind of drama, some kind of story in their past or something. So, and with the point being, everybody is interesting on some level. I don't know if that would actually work. Maybe I would find that in fact, nobody is interesting. <laughs> or you could drill down and just keep asking questions, drill down to the reason why they hate themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be like introspective. It could be like a story that happened to them or it could be like something about their, maybe it's just everybody I talk to is part of QAnon and it's just, uh, (laughs) it just becomes a QAnon podcast. uh, (laughs) But I, I wondered if you could do a podcast where you're literally just grabbing random people like, hey, do you have two and a half hours and then you just interview them and see if you can get to something that is interesting for other people to hear. I think that would be very interesting, but I think it, it would also be very dependent on the skill of the person that's doing it in that some people are not going to be as open right. about revealing their life story to a stranger. Yeah, I can make people cry. I can make people cry. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's a good podcast right there. Tim makes people cry. I would listen to that. <laughs> Dude, I've said that before where I like care more about somebody's life story than I care about getting laid because I can't tell you how many times I've like been in a bar early days when I was on the road and just talking to some chick after the show. And just because I want to get to know somebody as a person, I end up not getting laid, but she ends up crying by the end of the night because I just asked to. Yep. I just... I'm the same way, man. Don't get me wrong. I like getting laid. 
Don't get me, me wrong. Me too. Getting laid is fun. But yeah, getting to know someone's story is, is even more interesting to me. Because I mean, I, I mean, come on, I've had plenty of pussy. Right, right, yeah. yeah. So that's the thing is like, there's been so many times where you're like, ah, if I would have just been like Mr. Jokey Joke, I probably would have gotten laid that night. But I'm like, no, I want to get to the bottom of why you <laughs> fucking you are who you are. I want, I want to know why I have for half green. I really want to know why I have for <laughs> half green. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Something happened. All right, guys, we are going to move on now to our second segment of the podcast. This is Indecorous News. This is a segment where we highlight the most important news happening across the United States and all over the world. If you listen to this segment, you will never have to listen to another newscast ever again in your entire life. I'll read this first headline. It says, MC Kevin falls to his death in attempt to avoid getting caught cheating on his wife. All right, see, this is, again, we were just mentioning the downfalls of pussy. Yeah. Uh, the sources for this are Sister to Sister, Global Extra, and The Sun. And then, Bobby, you can tell us a little bit more. I, I mean, just for the record, though, if his wife is Puerto Rican, then he made the right choice. Yeah, he probably did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Singer and funk hero, MC Kevin, who I badly want to call Mick Kevin. <laughs> also known as Kevin Nascimento Bueno, fell from the fifth floor balcony of a hotel in Barra de Tijuca in the west zone of Rio. The artist was in town with his wife, uh, Diolaine Bazera, and performed in Villa Valquier. Well, Your Spanish is terrible. Atrocious, <laughs> yeah. See, Carlos did this on purpose, though, because see. If Ian was on this episode, like not only would this have been Ian's reading, but <laughs> Carlos would have found more things to insert. Hey, dude, I think we agreed. Everything that would have gone against Ian is going against each other now, man. <laughs> <laughs> According to Extra Globo, the entertainer had apparently been involved in a drunken threesome and was reportedly trying to use the balcony to escape to a lower level hotel room, but ended up landing next to the pool. According to some reports, McKevin would have hung on the porch railing, <laughs> the body outside of fear that his wife would find him with model Bianca Dominguez, who went to the bedroom to have sex with the singer and MCVK. Yeah. Now, I'll say this, guys. This is another one. This is what I do sometimes, Tim, is I saw the headline, but I try to get to the root of the story. So I went all the way to the initial source, which was from Brazil. So it was in Portuguese. So then I just did Google Translate. So some of these phrases and sentences might not make much sense. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> we might have to figure some of this shit out. But, you know, I like to get to the source. So, But basically, this is the story. This dude is trying to have a threesome. He thought his wife was coming. Oh, shit. Let me jump off the balcony. And, uh, the next level. The right. Next level. And it wasn't the fall that killed him. It wasn't the fall that killed him? No, it was the sudden stop. <laughs> yeah. he was fine while he was falling yeah that's true yeah. <laughs> but then he had to stop <laughs> that's, that's what got him uh, I'll tell you a little bit more this is Jonatus Augusto Cruz remember Jonatus a friend of the Funkero I'm guessing Funkero just means like he's into the funk funky guy yeah yeah he's like a funky dude yeah so he, so Jonatus told the police that although he had not been included in the initial agreement, he decided to go to the hotel in order to be involved in the threesome. That's the fucking ballsiest shit. I feel like there's more people like 
I feel like there's been seven people involved in this threesome. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It seems like there's quite a few people, right? There's a lot of names being dropped here. But Jonathan, at least he's honest enough because he told the police that, yeah, I know I wasn't part of it, but I figured, you know, maybe if I show up, you know, it's kind of like trying to get a spot at a comedy club. You're hoping that somebody falls out so you can do five minutes. <laughs> I just want to do a guest spot. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> So after knocking on the door, MC Kevin opened it and asked him to get a condom because, quote, Bianca and Victor were already having sex and he didn't have a condom. (laughs) It (laughs) sounds like these two people are trying to fuck and they're drawing an audience. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Was this really a threesome? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. You know, yeah, exactly. Those are all great questions. Like six other dudes wanted to turn it into a threesome, and instead they're getting sent to 7-Eleven to buy rubber. Yeah. Takes a village to have a threesome. That's right, buddy. Yeah, but that is pretty fucking cold ass, man, where the guy, Jonathan, comes in and he's like, hey, you know, what's up, guys? And this guy, hey, go get me a condom. (laughs) Because somebody else that's not me is having sex. That's right. (laughs) So the boy then claims to have left the suite with the key, then returned in expectation of participating in the sex. The girl, however, was like, hell nah. And Kevin asked him to leave. <laughs> Isn't that the saddest fucking story ever? This dude, he's like, yeah, okay, all right, I'll get the condoms. And then he buys like one extra or whatever for him. But they're still like, nah. They didn't care if he had the key or not. Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't give a fuck. They're just like, you're not in on this shit. All right. Well, John, you get to this next paragraph. At this point, still according to Yonatas's account, he decided to hide in the bathroom, slamming the door hard to pretend he had left the room. (laughs) Shortly thereafter, convinced that he had not been noticed, he pulled another ninja-like move and sought refuge behind one of the bedroom curtains. Yeah, this is what he's doing, dude. This guy's like, ah, now you know what, if I just pretend I left, but I stay... They'll, be, they'll regret their decision, I guess. They'll be like, oh, man, we, should, we shouldn't have told Jonathan. He's going to fuck while no one's looking? I don't understand the thinking. <laughs> yeah, you got to fuck like no one's watching, right? Isn't that the... <laughs> yes, right. That's the old refrain. He remained there while, quote unquote, waiting for the best moment to try to participate. This is sort of like when you're trying to get into a conversation at a party. Like you're <laughs> You're like waiting for there to be a lull and then you jump in. Yeah. (laughs) Bianca, however, noticed the young man's presence, as you would, and said again that she wouldn't do anything if he didn't leave. Only then did Yonatas leave the suite for good. Dude, I made this whole script. I read this story and I can't believe it just came to me now. While I was writing this, it didn't. There was one time where there was this club in south of Charlotte. It was in Matthews. It's a suburb of Charlotte. But across the street, there was a microtel. Bobby, you remember this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But this is the part that you don't know, is that we did a show at the... It was a Sin show. It was the the with Matt Davis. You know Matt? Uh, I know Matt Davis. I love Matt Davis. Matt, he's, yeah, he's fucking amazing. So Matt used to run these shows called the Sin shows, where just like the dirtiest most evil obscene shit that you could do anyway after one of those shows these two chicks that came out to see the show they got a room at the microtel which is across the street so after the show we went to the microtel and i was with one of the girls and the other girl was with a uh, clint nor rest in peace there were two beds it was me with the one chick in one bed him in the other bed with the other chick and on the windowsill <laughs> bobby i thought that's what you were talking about 
I do remember this. <laughs> Bobby in his drinking days passed out drunk in the windowsill of the microtel. And unfortunately for me, I was with the girl that was like, I can't fuck with this guy just laying on the windowsill. <laughs> Clint was lucky enough that his girl didn't give a fuck. So they just fucked. But I'm like with the girl that's like, no, I can't do it. There's a fucking drunk guy there on the windowsill. I can't fucking do this. It's weird. That is the deal breaker. <laughs> She's like, I'll fuck you with two people watching, but not three. Yeah. I'm not some kind of whore. <laughs> Dude, that was March 17th, 2007, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Anytime you cock block, you make a fucking point of yeah, it. Yeah, I make it a point to write it down every time I'm in the room to cock block somebody. He's got like a spreadsheet. <laughs> a full spreadsheet. No spreadsheet. Yeah. Fucking Bobby. Bobby strikes again. Yeah, if it wasn't for Bobby, I could have a 13-year-old child right now. <laughs> okay, so I'll read this next part. Fitness model Bianca Dominguez described in detail the six hours she spent in the company of the Funkero that Sunday. The two met on the sands of the beach, drank gin and whiskey, smoked marijuana cigarettes. Uh-oh and went upstairs to have sex with one of the artist's friends, also MC Victor Elias Fantelli. This is MC VK, I believe. Bobby, go ahead. You can just do this next one so we have more details. Right. Uh, Victor Elias Fontanelle, MC VK, reiterated the version presented at the police station by the fitness model. Victor says he asked the young woman if she liked something crazy and was willing to accompany them to the hotel, and she accepted. The trio went to room 502. Another friend, identified as Yonatis, I forgot how you guys were pronouncing that earlier. Yeah, whatever you do, it's probably wrong. Yeah, of course. Who had the key to the room, later entered the apartment and was asked by Kevin, get out or you'll delay me because there will be a lot of people in the room. I think this is my favorite part of this whole story as I was <laughs> writing it down, is how much they keep shitting on Jonatus. They do, man. <laughs> He's a young kid, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think this is a lesson about perseverance. I think that's what, <laughs> that's what I think that's the takeaway here, is that he would not be deterred. Yeah, and, and who was alive at the end of the story? Yonatus. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't go splat outside the pool. We missed it in the question section, but he probably read some children's story about how if you persist, eventually you get into the threesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you at least don't fall out the window. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you do it right. If you do it right, you don't fall out the window. <laughs> you know, but I mean, now, again, since I remember that story with Bobby, I feel like, ah, damn it. I should have been like, Bobby, get out or you'll delay me because there will be a lot of people in the room. <laughs> like, why didn't I think of this 12, 13 years ago? You could have pushed me out of that window. Yeah, I mean, if only. <laughs> that is kind of weird, though. I don't think I've ever seen another hotel room that had a little sleeping nook at the window. <laughs> that's kind of weird. Yeah, no, that's, that's just my look. Like if you're traveling with your cat or something, it's <laughs> the perfect hotel. <laughs> All right, John, you can tell us a little bit more about this story. Bianca reported that around 5.20 p.m. upon entering the suite with Victor, she was informed that Kevin would arrive five minutes later with his security guards because his wife was also staying at the hotel. When he arrived, they started smooching, and since Victor didn't leave after the smooching, she said that what had been agreed to was to stay with Kevin alone. Yeah, originally the threesome chick was just like, I'm just fucking MC Kevin, or McKevin as Bobby likes to call him. But Victor was like, oh, this guy's still ticking around. So according to Bianca... 
Kevin then offered a thousand reals, which is approximately $196.94, which would be the quote, little gift he promised on the beach. So I guess when they met her on the beach, she's like, I'll get you a little gift if we go back to the hotel room. So she complained, arguing that she would charge that amount for each of his friends. So she's like, I want double that, basically. Like, that's what I take. She's fighting for her minimum wage, I believe, is what she's yeah. trying to do here. Well, that's a little-known fact. Every woman in Brazil is a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> Even the famous ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, well, now we're canceled in Brazil. The two accepted, though. Like, they were all both like, all right, you know, we'll do the fucking $200. So they said they would transfer when, quote, they finished and began, quote, the sexual act but without penetration because they did not have condoms and are good boys. <laughs> they, that's what they said. They actually were like, yeah, no penetration. Oh, well, actually, you know what? It didn't really say if it was them that said that or it was her that said that. But they were like, we're not going to have penetration. But fortunately, Jonathan showed up eventually to get them some condoms. We already know this. That was a uh, Kevin. That was, I mean, that was a uh, Vic- Victor, right? Victor? Victor and Kevin are the two dudes that were supposed to have the threesome. And then Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan. Okay, that's right. Jonathan. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's hard to keep track of all this shit. But yeah, yeah, because I was getting fucking confused. I was like, okay, no. So Kevin, MC (laughs) Kevin. I really need to see a diagram. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) For our Patreon supporters, we'll have a whole PowerPoint presentation (laughs) to give you the hierarchy here of the threesome. All right, Bobby, you can tell us more. At that moment, the model said, a third friend, identified as Yonatus, entered the room to deliver a condom. Victor and Kevin would then insist that he leave the place so as not to disturb them. Bianca said that the arrangement would be to stay with the two and not a third. The Funkiro would then have said, in a loud voice to Yonatus, get out. If you're not going to drag me because there's... If... Wait, if you're not going to drag me... Because there's going to be a lot of people here in the room. This is the Google Translate, so I don't know. But basically, he's just like, hey, get the fuck out of here. I'm trying to have a threesome. You know, I like that Ian might not be here, but he's here in spirit. (laughs) (laughs) I still can't totally tell what's happening. I mean, it sounds like (laughs) people keep saying the the word threesome, but it sounds like this guy is still expecting more people to show up. (laughs) yeah exactly this is a a fucking train (laughs) so this is what i'm because again it is a confusing story but basically it was they met this chick at the beach so they were like hey you want to get freaky the funkero you know he he likes the funk he doesn't know he's he's mc kevin (laughs) yeah (laughs) so then they go up there and then it's is mc kevin and uh victor victor yeah yeah, and then, well, at first, she's just like, I'm just here for MC Kevin. But then Victor's like, ah, how about we throw you a thousand real? And then she's like, all right. But then Jonathan shows up, and she's like, fuck no, man. Like, no, I don't care how much money you throw at me. I am not fucking Jonathan. Like, I, <laughs> again, I just feel so fucking sorry for Jonathan. He volunteered to get the condoms. He was like the fucking Uber Eats of condoms, and they still wouldn't let him join the fucking Yeah, yeah he's my spirit animal. Yeah, of course he is. I mean, maybe she could just tell that he was the type of dude who, when asked to leave, would just hide behind the curtains and pop out again. (laughs) true. Sometimes you can just tell. (laughs) So, John, you can tell us a little bit more? All right. Then, according to the testimony, after leaving and hiding behind the suite's curtains, Yonatus received a message from another friend stating Kevin's wife was looking for him 
and alerted the Funkiero, stating, they're coming, let's go. Kevin would then complain because despite paying, he would not get to have sex with Bianca. <laughs> he would then have gone out to the porch and soon after the Funkiero fell down. Yeah, we should clarify when Jonathan says they're coming, he's not talking about the dudes having the threesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely have to clarify that part. This is the thing. Did the Funkero fall or was he pushed? You know, the whole investigation seems to pull towards he fell. But that is a good question. Though. Yeah, but did he, did he fall on purpose? Uh, you know what? I'll read this next paragraph that might clarify this a little bit. A police report finally concluded that MC Kevin fell while trying to escape his wife. So the police report, that's what the conclusion they came out. So he fell while trying to escape his wife, who he thought was outside the hotel room, but turned out to have been asleep the whole time and only awoke when friends of the artist knocked on her door looking for him and then returned to tell her they had found him next to the pool all fucked up and shit. <laughs> so the investigation also confirmed the hotel room was in complete disarray. The beds were out of place. There was underwear and clothing all over the floor. There were condom wrappers on the beds and in the bathroom and a large number of used towels. So that sounds yeah. like just what a hotel room looks like. Today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was because you're fucking rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like touring with Tim Northern as well. Yeah, that's what, like yeah. yeah that's wow. what, come on. I, I've been found outside by the pool all fucked up and shit a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm constantly falling off the balcony. At Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, hey, look, if I haven't fallen off the balcony, it wasn't a good show. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not a good party. It's not a party until somebody it falls. It was not a good party. <laughs> right. yeah. Sign of a really good party, the whole balcony collapsed. With like yeah, yeah. For a while, that's how Tim closed his show. He was like, if you want to see my real closer, come to my hotel room my hotel. look at my balcony. Bring plenty of towels. Yes. <laughs> and watch this shit. <laughs> All right, Bobby, you can close this story out with this last thing. McKevin's wife was pretty bummed about the whole thing, posting on her Instagram. You gone and took a piece of me. You were always so awesome. And then she read this article. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then she listened to this podcast. Yeah, and she said, I'm going to kill that Bianca bitch. Uh, Marlon Wayans was pretty upset about it, too, and took to Instagram to say, fuck me, and kiss my mom. Yeah. That something was lost in, in translation right there. That's something yeah. real. <laughs> my mom. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, no, that's straight up. I saw that on Marlon Way, of all people. Marlon he w knows who MC Kevin is? He's a big MC Kevin fan? Yes, okay. dude. Marlon Wayans posted a picture on his Instagram next to MC Kevin. And he said, yeah, the first thing was, fuck, man. Gone too soon. Yes, right. <laughs> and, and yeah, I took it a little bit out of context because there was more to kiss my mom. <laughs> but but it was longer than that. But yeah, of all fucking people, Marlon Wayans was posting about how sad he was about MC Kevin falling off a balcony. I think what's kind of weird about it is MC Kevin sounds like one of the first rappers. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> a, a really low license plate number. Yeah, nobody... <laughs> like, surely yet you might want to call yourself MC Kevin, but then, you know, there's like 40, 45 others. You got to get MC underscore Kevin okay. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is the story of MC Kevin. Rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in peace, MC Kevin. You're in a better place. 
Or are you? <laughs> You're making out with Marlon Wayne's mom now, so yeah. <laughs> a great place before he jumped, but I mean, fuck, man. Yes, yeah, true. Yeah. What do you want? To me, that's the most fucked up part of the whole thing is that it wasn't even his wife knocking on the door. People laugh, but this is exactly why I always carry a grappling hook. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, man. You never know, bro. You yeah. never know. Yeah. I feel that this is a story, like if we're going to take it back to like the children's stories that have a, there's a moral to it. The moral to me is this is why more people should embrace polyamory. Yeah, exactly. Either that or just tell the fucking truth, man. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, baby, I'm going to go have a threesome with this woman. Oh, okay. well, I'm leaving you. Cool. That's right. You know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, Tim. I, I couldn't agree with you more, man, because she should be aware that, hey, this is MC Kevin you're talking to right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you really expect MC Kevin to stay celibate for however? Know, with all these women throwing themselves at me for $196? Come on. Man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> And dude, and the dudes from Brazil, and according to Bobby, every woman in Brazil is a prostitute. How is a man supposed to? Yeah, you? I know. I mean, what do you? I yeah. mean, yeah, just be honest, man. Absolutely, I'm with you a hundred percent. Always man. the best policy. Like if I see somebody, like a clansman, if I see a guy in a clan robe, I know where you stand, buddy. I, there's exactly. No, <laughs> there's no instance about you, you being honest with me. You tell me exactly who you are. You know. Yep, there's no gray area there. That's how I felt back in the day. And this is an old reference at this point because it doesn't happen as much. But remember when Bluetooths came out? You know, these douches kept putting them in their, like they would leave them in their ear all fucking day. Yeah. And uh, and people are like, ah, it's so fucking douchey. You're leaving that shit. I'm like, all right, so now I know who not to talk to. Like, like who? Yeah, I know you're a douchebag. Yeah. Exactly. I used to call them douchebag indicators. There you go. So you're like, yeah, the little blue thing, that's the signal for me. Like, okay, that's not the dude I want to be hanging out with. You know, ironically, though, years later, I walk around with one earbud in so I can still hear things around me. All right. Bobby's off the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) He's by douche. (laughs) He's by douche. He's by curious douche. (laughs) Fucking Bobby. Bobby strikes again. All right, guys, we're going to move on to our main segment of the podcast is Indecorous Deep Dive. We build this show as an educational comedy podcast. We often fall short of the latter, but we always deliver on the former. This week's Deep Dive was written by Bobby. Bobby wrote this one. Everybody's heard a story about some celebrity leaving a fat tip or Bill Murray and his photo bombs, but believe it or not, some people who are rich beyond belief are and worshipped on a daily basis can cop an attitude from time to time and even develop an ego. Tonight, we are going to talk about some celebrities that are notorious for being dicks and cunts. Now, I, again, Bobby wrote this. I use the word cunt very liberally. and But here's the thing, then. Some people get offended at me. Like, I had some lady get offended. It's like, oh, if it was a guy, would you call him a cunt? I'm like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Funnier. To me, it, yeah, I especially like calling men cunts. It's not a sex gender thing to me. No, it's not. It's not at all. Yeah, that's the way I feel about it. So I don't think there's a difference. I, if you're a cunt, you're just a cunt. It's not a man or a woman thing. It's just, you're just a, you know. Yeah. Well, also, I go around saying that I'm gay. Gay means happy. I'm a gay fella. And then who's going to get mad is the people that are like, are going to be all touchy about that shit. It's like, I, I'm now I'm glad you're mad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm happy to make you mad because you don't understand what I'm saying. 
Well, well, I'm happy to oblige you in your anger. You're an already angry guy. So I'm, yes. gonna, I'm gonna oblige your anger. Absolutely. Oh, you thought you were gonna be angry? Let me make you even angrier. Until you fix yourself. Exactly. And what do you do, John? What is it that you do? I like to walk around saying, I love cock. And by that, it just means poultry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, male chicken. I like male chicken. I love male chicken. I love cock. I will eat a cock, man, in a minute. And I just wear the t-shirt because I got tired of it. <laughs> All right, Bobby, tell us this first story about a celebrity that is a cunt. Ellen DeGeneres built a multi-million dollar brand on the motto, Be Kind. But current and former employees say she's quite the cunt behind the scenes. She's accused of being racist and fostering an environment of fear and intimidation in the workplace. Some of the giveaways she's done were actually staged. Wow. That's the worst crime of all. (laughs) (laughs) Messing with my emotions. Yes. (laughs) Messing with the clips I show my mom. I actually, this caught me off guard because this came out last year where like Ellen DeGeneres apparently is not very nice to their staff. Yeah. And it caught me off guard because I never expected that. I remember when Ellen was just a stand-up, and I enjoyed her stand-up. I put nothing past anyone. Do you know what? You're you're a wiser man than I am, Tim, because I have, and it's a flaw. I I tend, like, if somebody makes me laugh, I'm more willing to give them a break. But, yeah, just because somebody's funny doesn't mean that they're not a bad person. And just because somebody's an asshole doesn't mean they're not nice. Oh, well, actually explain that to me further, Tim. That's our next well, interesting Well, just, just because someone comes off as an asshole doesn't mean that they're, oh. they're not nice. Like, hey, man, your shirt is hideous. Damn, why'd you say this to me? Because your shirt is fucking hideous. Everyone knows yeah. your shirt is fucking hideous. <laughs> That's you, true. You don't man. know, but man, fucking change that shirt. That's true. You know what? That reminds me of the whole concept of fat shaming, where like you shouldn't fat shame people. But it's like at some point, it's like, hey, I'm kind of worried about your health. Like, the only way you're going to lose any weight is if I tell you, like, hey, you're a fat piece of shit. And then that motivates you into, like, okay, maybe I should eat better and exercise. No, 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 no. You're a fat piece of shit. I'm not even trying to, I don't give a fuck about your health. <laughs> I'm just trying to hurt your feelings. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't give a about your health, man. I, I would say something about, hey, man, uh, you should check out your blood pressure or some shit if, if I care about your health. No, you, if you're a piece of shit and you happen to be fat, you're a fat piece of shit. Oh, yeah. I think that's the transitive property, I believe. Yeah, I mean, it's it's descriptive. You're a fat piece of shit. All right, John, tell us this next story. Tony McGuire reportedly offered a woman a $1,000 poker chip if she barked like a seal in a crowded casino. When she refused, McGuire told her, I'm not kidding. What's wrong? You're too rich now? You won't bark for $1,000? I'd take that $1,000. Yeah. Take it right back down to Rio. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You could fuck that woman like five times with that. You could have five (laughs) women barking like seals. Maybe finally hook up Yonatus. Yeah. You you get five women for that thousand dollars. They have change. Exactly. Right. You'd have $16 left over. Yeah, you have a few few dollars left over. Yeah. Uh, now, Now, that, I wouldn't consider that being an asshole. I think that that is really challenging people on the notion of the belief of money. Oh, okay. So if she thinks her dignity is is worth more than $1,000, I mean, good for her. Yeah, but then the other question, Tim, though, is that, oh, is that really what your dignity? Is that barking like a seal? Is that really going to ruin you as a human being? Exactly. I'd fucking bark like a seal. I don't give a fuck. $1,000, give it to me. Oh, yeah, give it to me. I guess I would, too. Yeah, it's also a question, I think, of... 
what you believe your self-worth is. Whereas you can think like, yeah, I can bark like a seal. I still don't give a fuck. I'm still, I'm, I'm secure enough in who I am as a human being that I can do this shit. And plus I got it from Tobey Maguire. Fuck yeah, dude. Fucking Spider-Man. It's, right. it's the story I can tell in my micro tale when I'm not getting laid. <laughs> That's right. How did I get to this windowsill? Funny story. Next story. This is rapper Chameleonaire once met Michael Jordan at a party and asked for a picture and an autograph. Jordan's response was, quote, I ain't taking pictures with no... Oh, God. Are you going to make me say this? I ain't taking pictures with no nigga. That's what he said. That's on the fucking screen. When the when the rapper tried to explain that the autograph he wanted was for a seven thousand dollar commemorative Jordan jersey he just bought, Jordan replied, "Quote: I tell you what, you pay fifteen thousand dollars right now for a jersey from me, and I'll take a picture with you." He was also once banned from the Lagorsh Country Club in Miami for being extremely rude and arrogant. Who Jordan was? Jordan. I'm assuming Bobby. Yeah. Bobby wrote this one. That's. Well, that, that's who wrote that word. Yeah, that, that's what I that's what I read. I've actually I've heard Jordan's like an infamous asshole. Have you heard this, Tim? Yeah, I've heard he was an asshole. I've heard he was an asshole from the beginning. Oh, for real? I, I mean, it's got to be that same like driving force to to be the the best at everything can also very easily make you an asshole. Actually, that's another question. Is like, can you be a cocky asshole? Like, do you have liberty to do that when you really are the best? No. In my mind, you don't. Yeah. You can be hard on others if you're hard on yourself and it shows and you acknowledge your mistakes. Uh-huh. But if you're just an asshole, nah, man. Nah. Fuck Michael Jordan, man. And I'll, I'll say that publicly. Greatest basketball player of all time. One of the greatest basketball players of all time. No question. But he's a fucking asshole, man. I feel the same way, Tim. Like, But I was trying to play devil's advocate because people fucking... Forgive Jordan for everything because, like, oh, he's the greatest of all time, man. He can do whatever and fuck say him. whatever the fuck he wants. I'm like, ah, I don't believe. No, no, no. Can, can he fuck little girls? No, he can't. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> he can probably do it better than any of us. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably, yeah. yeah, definitely better than me. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm the, I'm the least. Yeah, no. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to finish that. Yeah, yeah. I think you're better off. Yeah, where was that going? Man, I can't even get hard around little kids. Let's just move on. Before Tim cancels himself, let's do this next one. Bobby. Maroon 5's Adam Levine might seem like a nice guy, but according to a Reddit user, a fan once asked him for an autograph and he said, quote, I don't give autographs to ugly chicks. Hey, the policy is the policy. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. What if he just like had a tattoo that said that and he just pointed to it? <laughs> or there's like a, a sign at the venue. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, he also he probably had one of his, he's got nut allergies tattooed on his shit too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, that's right. Yeah, he's got that all the, every single uh, policy. I, we may have performed, we, I may have performed in a plant that processes nuts. <laughs> yeah, he's got that tattooed on him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John, you can do this next one. Demi Lovato tries to inspire others with all the food, drug, and mental health struggles she's faced. Despite her own battle with eating disorders, one fan claims at a meet and greet that Demi immediately called her fat. The girl was trying to tell Demi how her music got her through some tough times, but the singer just teased her about her weight until time was up. Jesus Christ. If this is true. <laughs> she just, I, I like the idea of her just roasting her fans, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like how it was immediate. 
Immediately. There was no way, no pass go. It's fucking <laughs> roasting your fucking. She's like, hi, I'm Jenny. She's like, no, you're fat, is what you are, actually. <laughs> you're just going to walk up here and talk to me with that fucking shirt on? I think she just, just go for it. That should just be her thing. She's like, she's like, no hesitation. She's like, oh, I saved your life. Let me correct that. Yeah. She's like, like, she probably just left Adam Levine. Yeah. <laughs> You're fat and ugly. What the fuck? Damn. So Rachel Ray's personality on her cooking show is quite different from how she conducts herself off camera. One person that attended a show taping claimed, quote, when she came out to greet the audience, she was cold, even seemingly annoyed that she had to do the show. She complained, rolled her eyes, and was not at all perky. Spunky personality we've come to know on her show. Okay, so this one, I'm going to be like, I'm not going to doubt that she did this, but I'm pretty sure she's not the only one. It feels just like the Ellen thing to me. Like anybody who their TV brand is this bubbly, sparkly, like super friendly be kind sort of persona. They're always monsters in real yeah. life for some reason. Oh, yeah. But check out Martha Stewart. She was all put together and everything all put together. But now she's fucking hanging out with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> well, it's because she's an ex-con now. <laughs> that's right. She's been in the joint. Well, that's, what, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's like, don't judge people about what they do. Judge them by how they act off camera. Like, uh, Rachel Ray, yeah, she's it's an act. And that's what people want. Right. It's like you say, when, when people want it, they want it. 100% instead of consuming it at face value. Word. No, I can, yeah. yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, you can't just assume that Rachel Ray is some, she's from Buffalo. You ever been to Buffalo? Buffalo is a dirty <laughs> fucking place. Yeah, Everybody from Buffalo has a fucking problem. Yeah, dude. Either they're, they're asshole people or they're dead. Like, like, like Rick James dead. Tim Russell dead. That's right. That's an interesting mix of folks. Buffalo is a shitty fucking place. Yeah, man. they had to sit through four Super Bowl losses in a row. Yeah, there's a fucking miserable fucking place, man. Great fucking place. I mean, give them, give them that. Like, fuck, man. They're not even on the, on the good side of Niagara Falls. Right. That's right. <laughs> They're on the side where weed isn't legal side of Niagara yeah, Falls. Exactly. Yeah. So you fucking, dude, this is why I wanted you on the podcast. You fucking bring it to perspective, my man. Thank you. All right, Bobby, you can tell us this next one. America's sweetheart, Sandra Bullock, apparently doesn't even have the time for veterans in wheelchairs. When filming The Heat in 2012, a couple, one of them a paraplegic veteran, asked her for an autograph, and Bullock reportedly covered her face and yelled at them. Okay, first of all, you're a paraplegic. Why the fuck are you out in public? <laughs> Great. Great take, Tim. Why are these paraplegics <laughs> out it's in like, public? It's like, look, man, I gotta, let me work on getting my, get my legs working. Why the fuck am I worried about getting a fucking autograph from Spencer fucking Bullock? Yeah, it's like, shouldn't you be at home sad about your legs? No, well, or, or, or at least trying to get your shit working. Like, man, let me go to rehab and try to get my shit going. And, and two, and two, and two, and two. America doesn't give a fuck about you. The, 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 that's why you're in a wheelchair, because America didn't give a fuck about you. No, stop acting like some A minus list actress is supposed to give a fuck about you being in a wheelchair. You're in a fucking wheelchair, man. Yeah, dude. Deal with that. Stop with that. If you can't run after Sandra Bullock to get that autograph, you should not be getting that autograph. <laughs> or, or, or how about how about this? 
fucking autograph. Work on your legs, buddy. <laughs> it would have been it would have been funnier if she just said that she doesn't give autographs to cripples. No, that would have been funny. That would have been that would have been shitty. Come on. I don't give autographs to veterans. I, I'm trying to figure <laughs> yeah. out like this. That, that, that would have been fun. What veteran are you a war of, sir? <laughs> yeah. All right. John, you can do this next one. Kiefer Sutherland doesn't seem to mind even his movie co-stars hating him. Freddie Prinze Jr. said he hated every moment of working with Sutherland. Apparently, the interaction was so off-putting it made Prinze want to quit the business. I, I feel like we need more details here. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I feel like Sutherland should have tried harder. Was, <laughs> we were almost there. <laughs> well, I think he basically succeeded because I can't remember seeing that dude since 1998. That's a good point. This is the first time I'm seeing it spelled out. I feel like I've only ever heard his name spoken before, and I'm just now finding out it's not Prince. No, Freddie Prince. Yeah, his his <laughs> his, uh, his father was a, a was a comic that was yeah he committed suicide, but he was on Chico and the Man. Man, he was he was gonna be the first real big Latino character, to, but he killed himself and, and yeah, he yeah, and he left it up to El Hombre to take his place. <laughs> Carlos, he doesn't have to Carlos. Yeah, I left that up to me, man. It's like that's why I have so much pressure on me. Is um, I'm taking over. Fuck that guy. Yes, right. You know, I'm not fluffy. You know what I'm saying? Fluffy, man. You prickly. Yes, right. That's right. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't fucking make that shirt already. Prickly, man. Uh, yeah, I like it, man. All right, here's our next story. Jamie Foxx. When Jamie Foxx was present for a special screening for the Armed Forces, he refused to take off his sunglasses or even stand up and wave to the crowd. Mm. I mean, yeah, I guess each, maybe that's not much to ask. But. Well, maybe this was before the filming of Ray, and he was just getting into character. <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, the fuck was? So he offended the armed force? Yeah. Motherfucker, you're armed. Why the fuck? <laughs> Why would you be offended? You know, dude, and I've heard these stories before. And basically, these, this is what the guys tell me. It's like, all right, you're going to do these fucking gifts for the troops, and these are the rules. You can't talk about blah, 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 blah. And it's basically they tell you that because they have to tell you that. But once you get on stage, the fucking troops don't give a fuck, dude. They're, they don't no, give a fuck, man. Yeah. They know that what they're doing is full of shit. It's almost like everybody's just going through the motions. Like, I have to tell you to not do this. If you do it, you're going to kill. And so, like, when I hear a story like this, I'm like, I don't think any of these real grunts were offended. They don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck, man. I've heard that was like the same thing for when comics were recording their half hours and Comedy Central Presents and stuff. Like you would be told to do one thing, but then it, it was still fine if you just didn't listen. Like you were almost better yeah. off. Because they want you to be funny. Be funny, man. Yeah, exactly. If I was a producer on some shit, I would just say, be funny and leave it alone. Oh, absolutely, man, because that's really, be funny. that's the bottom fucking line, man. Isn't that what you're there for? Be funny. Man, you can find humor in everything, man. Humor is tragedy with a twist. That's all humor is, man. Absolutely, dude. But when it gets to the point of the higher ups or the people that are just concerned about getting in trouble, they're like, oh, no, we got to cover our bases because we'll get in trouble. All these drollards. So, yeah, that's the thing. Like, we can find the humor in anything. They can find the offense right yeah right exactly humans should be a little bit offensive you find comfort in the discomfort the discomfort is there so 
find some comfort in the discomfort. And isn't that the most satisfying laugh when you're like, I'm talking about a discomforting thing. Yes. Got a laugh out of that shit. Yes. Yeah. Where most people would be like, oh my God. And I managed to get a laugh. That should be like, that's the core. Like, it's easy to get laughs out of shit that everybody thinks is funny. You know, that's yeah, why fart jokes kill. That's why poop jokes kill. And nothing against poop and fart jokes. I still enjoy them. But it's easy to get a laugh out of something that everybody finds funny. But when you're talking about something that's discomforting or something that p people think like, oh, you shouldn't talk about that. And or, then, something, or something that's weird. Like, like where is he going with this? Yes. Yeah. And then you turn a negative into a positive. Yeah. And like, where the fuck is he going with two plus two? What the fuck? And then, <laughs> and then you yeah. fucking find a way. Because two plus two is very fucking offensive. Yeah. Didn't we do a, didn't we do a, a story a few weeks ago that was like, math is racist? <laughs> Fuck yeah, math is racist. <laughs> yeah, rough. there we go. See, now you started. Now you fucking fueled the fire, Bobby. Fucking math is racist as fuck, man. It divides us. Subtracts <laughs> <laughs> us. <laughs> There's no equality. There's no real That's equality. Right. There's no real equality. No, no, not even mathematics. <laughs> Some of these numbers are imaginary. Yes. What the fuck, man? There's another anecdote that Tim's not going to remember, but it stuck with me. Is we worked at the Funny Bone in like Shreveport or some shit. Yeah. Like it was uh, it was Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge. And this was like a joke that I came up that day, and he beat me to it. I was driving down the road, and I saw a license plate, customized license plate, and it said "Not even." Like that was the that was the customized. It said "Not even." And before I could say my punchline, Tim was like, well, that's odd. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was. That was exactly my punchline, this mother. Fuck it. That's why you can't. Don't run jokes through Tim Northern. He's too smart for you. He's going to fucking get to the punchline before you can even tell him that. All right, John, do this next one, brother. Prior to becoming the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle earned her cunt chops. Cunt chops. Sounds delicious. By being abusive to staff on set, so much so that some refused to work with her. We need more details on this one, too. I want the specifics of how terrible somebody was. That's what I'm saying is, like, somebody being a cunt on stage is not something like that I've never heard of. I think what we should do instead is wildly speculate. This sounds like piling on. Yeah, some of these were pretty vague. And to be honest, the whole article kind of had this air of, like, pandering to people that are easily offended. One time, Tom Cruise double parked. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll tell you this next one. Reese Witherspoon's staff is so terrified of rubbing her the wrong way that they bend over backwards to please her. The actress never takes off her sunglasses because she doesn't want anyone to make eye contact. All right, see, now again, this is another one where I'm like... She pays them, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, it, again, it's one of those like, all right, oh man, I'm getting paid $20,000, but my boss won't look me in the eye. I'm like, fuck it, I don't give a fuck if my boss looks me in the eye. <laughs> Who wants to have sustained eye contact with their employer? <laughs> yeah, right. All right, Bobby, you can tell us this next one. That, uh, real quick though, that, uh, just that, uh, made me think of, uh, Lucille Bluth, uh, from Arrested Development. R.I.P. All right. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> Sometimes you should just keep shit to yourself. Oh, I <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh my God, man. If you could only teach that to Bobby. <laughs> <laughs>
fucking Bobby. Bobby strikes again. Julia Roberts is adored by many, but Steven Spielberg said in an interview that he would never work with her ever again after her behavior on the set of Peter Pan. She was such a diva that the crew instantly named her Tinkerbell. One of her sisters claims the star's ego and fame has destroyed their relationship and the two are estranged. I'm going to guess that that sister asked to borrow a lot of money repeatedly. Uh. <laughs> I like the things that happen instantly. Like she was instantly called Tinkerbell. The other chick was instantly called fat. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't she play Tinkerbell in the movie? Did she? I don't know. I think she did. We were talking about her character's name. Yeah. So now the story is even more irrelevant. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't write the actual you wrote this script, Bobby. Stop trying to weasel away from writing this well, script. Well, I mean, you you said it yourself at the beginning. It was written by Ian, you know? So. No, I did not say that. Well, you don't. You didn't say it. It was written on the screen. God. That's what I choose. How, how dare you? All right, John, you can close us out with this last story. Lucille Ball may have played funny, down-to-earth characters. However, she was notoriously rude to anyone that didn't share her celebrity status. On one occasion on an airplane, she completely ignored the flight attendant and created an awkward situation. Her assistant then said to the flight attendant, I'm sorry, Mrs. Ball doesn't speak to the help. Oh. Actor Richard Burton wrote in his diary, she is a monster of staggering charmlessness and a monumental lack of humor. She is a tired old woman and lives entirely on that weekly show. And also Richard Burton was a drunk. <laughs> it's funny how Richard Burton didn't mention that in his diary. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about drinking excessively in his diary. But but Lucille Ball is a cunt, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and as punishment, we have all published his diary. <laughs> Which I'm not saying that she wasn't, but Come on, man. Some people are cunts, right, Carlos? Absolutely. Well, and also, I don't think you can blame somebody for being ornery on a flight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good point, dude. That's a good point. Especially if you're an American. I'm not responsible for anything I do on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Especially over international waters. Exactly. It's a fucking free-for-all up there. You got immunity there. Maritime law. <laughs> yeah, you guys ever mute me on an airplane? I think they call it hijacking, but I prefer to call yeah, it mutiny. Whatever. It, I think mutiny sounds more romantic. Yeah, that's true. Plus, I try to do it with a rapier. <laughs> All right, guys, we are closing it out now with our last segment of the night. This is Indecorous Laws, Virginia edition. Every week or whenever we feel like, we highlight some of the oddest laws in different states of the United States. Most of these were real laws, at least at some point. Some of them have since been repealed and others are sadly still on the books one of them may be unverified although actually i think all of them i did verify this time so bobby you can tell us this first one well in the state you're prohibited from killing any quote nuisance species before 1 p.m or after sunset on sundays except raccoons which you may continue to kill up until 2 a.m on sunday mornings this is like trying to figure out if you can park in L.A. I have no yeah. idea when I can kill what. I need this whole thing to be simplified. Or I need a spreadsheet. I need to know what state this is. Oh, this is Virginia, dude. Virginia. Oh, okay, Virginia. Because I've been killing raccoons. So, so you're in the clear, bro? <laughs> okay, good. I'm not a wanted man. Cool. All right, so so we can still air this part of the podcast. We, you're not going to get in trouble. You haven't killed any raccoons in fucking Virginia, dude. Oh, I feel raccoons. 
everywhere I go. But anyway, but, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I bring some to kill for when I get there. <laughs> yeah, is it premeditated murder when you kill these raccoons, Tim, or is it just no? You just no, okay. it's pleasure. It's just pleasure. <laughs> yeah, I think that's okay. Unmitigated pleasure. <laughs> that's the only way you can come anymore. <laughs> Apparently, though, in Virginia, they don't like it if you kill nuisance species. That's the in quotes, nuisance species, before 1 p.m. or after sunset. But they make an exception for raccoons because they just did not give a fuck about raccoons. No, neither do I. Yeah, well, yeah. No, apparently you, yeah, you're in the clear for Virginia, dude. I didn't like you one fuck about a raccoon. Yeah, stay out of my trash. <laughs> Raccoons are fuck. Anyway, anyway, let's let's just move on, man. Let me. I'm getting worked up. I mean, it seems that you sound very passionate about this. Let's get to the next <laughs> slide, John. Fornication or sex was completely banned except for married couples until the law was finally repealed in 2020. Yeah. I put this on there because I actually, when I looked at the website that's had this law, when the website that I looked at this law posted it, it was still active. And then I clicked on the link. Yeah, apparently a year ago. I don't know, maybe fucking COVID made them come to their senses. I think it's when the house switched from Republican to Democrat is when it changed. Yeah, that might be it, dude. That might be it, actually. It yeah. So you guys are just cool if people fornicate them. So what you're telling me is all of you guys are totally fine with people just fornicating just whenever they want. I mean, at least unless you're in Brazil and you have to jump off a balcony and shit. Otherwise, yeah, fucking fornicate the fuck out of it. See, that's what happens when you allow fornication. People fall four stories and land on the pool deck. <laughs> he could have hit somebody. No, no, they jump. When it, when it says fell, I'm like, no, nah, he didn't fall. He jumped. Tim is all grassy knoll about this shit. It's like, hey. <laughs> yeah, he's very like conspiracy theorist about, <laughs> I think somebody offed MC Kevin. MC Kevin offed himself. We need a unsolved mysteries about this. Tim, thanks so much for doing the podcast, my friend. I appreciate you making the time, dude. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Anytime. Seriously, man. Is there anything that you want to plug, man? Any uh, shows or your social media? You know what? The one thing that I do want to plug is this, is that I'm about to get back out doing comedy. Yeah. So just look just look for me. That's all, all right, but where can people look for you, dude? Like, What's your social media and shit, dude? Come on. Oh, they know. <laughs> all, right. all right all right appreciate you tip man take care brother thanks tim all right bobby you got any last words <sighs> nailed. <laughs> nailed it once again bobby. <laughs> how about you john you got any last words i just wanted to say that my heart goes out to yonatus who got <laughs> rejected like six times from the orgy. That's right. And is the most tragic motherfucker in that story, even though he's not the one who fell off the balcony. That's right. <laughs> you fucking nailed it, dude. Why don't you write some children's stories? Because you fucking nailed the moral of this podcast. <laughs> I just, I don't think I'm going to be able to sleep tonight because I'm so sad about this guy's life. Well, then mission accomplished, because that's the goal of our podcast, is so nobody <laughs> ever see me able to sleep at night. He just goes from Flavella to Flavella. 
being denied by prostitutes. Just keep yeah. knocking on every door trying to get into threesomes. I, I got these condoms I bought for, for the folks that <laughs> kicked me out three threesomes ago. He's like, I put a lampshade over my head. How could you guys tell that I was still here? <laughs> yes, that was that was that was awesome too. That hiding behind a curtain, like like he, like in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. He's like, oh, I'm just gonna wait for the right. If I show up at the right moment, they'll they'll be like, oh, thank goodness. Like like trying to get into a double Dutch jump rope. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the only thing more pathetic than that is uh, sleeping on the windowsill. You know. <laughs> All right, guys, that's our podcast. Thank you for listening. Walk your cat. Walk your cat. Every woman in Brazil is a prostitute.